0: Available now from fxphd.com, all new speed grade fast forward training. Download immediately all 10 classes and footage covering CS6 speed grade. Check it out at fxphd.com.
1: You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking and cutting edge imaging.
0: Hi, welcome to this week's RC podcast covering digital cinematography. This week we're going to be covering new cameras from Blackmagic, Sony, Red, Canon. I mean, it's like uh, incredible. Uh, An absolute blitz of uh, news with IBC and more. All this, of course, here on the RC podcast where we see our role is to basically mine the news, filter the blogs and go down some serious rat holes. Um, this week, we're discussing all of that and more, and I'm joined in the studio uh, by my good friend, Mr. Jason Wingrave. No time it? for
1: rat holes this week.
0: No time for rat holes?
1: I say this week, we're going to have to have like an hourly show to be able to cover this at this excel- super accelerated pace that everything's coming out. Half a mind to just say, fuck it, if you want news, go check all the billion of blogs, and we'll just sort of sit here and rat hole about I think completely other things. To,
0: I think our job is to avoid <laughs> people having to do that. I think, <laughs> because I think it's pretty
1: hard mission. to get through... All of the stuff that has happened since last we recorded.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to try. We'll try. We will try. Um, we'll make a valiant effort. Okay. So, uh, Jase, I don't know where to start, but let's start with the Blackmagic camera because I guess it's uh, it's out in the
1: field. It is out in the field, out in the wild. There's a lot of footage out there now, and it's looking really nice. Actually, I'm really quite uh, impressed with the imagery and what you can get out of the files. But I guess it's very is... sharp and very
0: clean and quite cinematic. The news is that they're actually releasing a second model.
1: Yeah, well, which is kind of bizarre. Almost within a week out of the other one out. I mean, there's people who still haven't been delivered their original camera pre-order and who, it's have, who have cancelled it and uh, have yeah ordered the new one, which is the Micro Four Thirds mount version. Which uh, there's good and bad with that. Um, good. The bad is that at the moment it's a passive mount. So you have to sort of choose your lenses that you're going to use with it. Uh, word is it will be active later on, but I'm not sure at this as, at time of recording whether that means uh, activity or the electronics will be switched on or it's a passive mount and at some stage they'll you'll be able to buy the uh, active version and, and screw it in or, or swap it over or there'll be a completely different camera again. So, I mean, why it kind of makes sense to have this micro four-thirds mount because it's a bloody micro four third sensor right so if you put a if you put your average you know eos lens on this thing you know obviously you're dealing with a reasonable crop factor that it's really quite hard to do wide angle shots yep. and uh you know so it's a little, little bit of a pain although obviously a lot more people have uh you know eos glass and canon glass than they do have well, I think, have micro four-thirds glass, but micro four-thirds glass is probably going to be, you know, cheaper and a bit more available and a bit more sort of in line with this camera, maybe. But uh, I'm reasonably speaking out of my ass because I
0: don't have one. Um, but the Diamond Brothers do, and we've been talking with them and doing stuff over at FXPHD, uh, looking at the footage they've been shooting and stuff. Um There are some really interesting aspects to that that I thought um, we should just highlight. Uh, now, obviously... We're not going to do an entire show on this camera. so And there are a lot of people that are doing entire huge podcasts just on this camera. But there are a few things I want Google to... Let me Google that for you. Let me Google that for you, yeah. But let me um, just point out a couple of things. Firstly, I think that, uh, as I think I said in FXPhD, this totally validates what Red walked away from, which was there is a huge desire out there yep. for the 3, 000, 3K for 3K kind of thing, um, even to the point of Soccer Mum kind of this because I heard a director I was talking to that you know, who said he would bought one of these uh, for, in this case, his son um, to just go and shoot stuff and um, have some fun with because it was a sensible sort of price range for oh. doing that. And he could borrow, you know, a bunch of lenses that they already had. But it's not a sort of super professional camera, even though it has its two modes of video and, uh, and film log, because, for example, there's no external time code going into it. You know, there's right. a lot of things that you sort of don't necessarily have that you might want to have if you're working. Yeah, in a, there's only 3.5 uh, mil jacks for audio.
1: Exactly. Which and is like completely strange.
0: Yeah. So, But I think the point here is that if you only have $3,000 or $3,500, yeah. um, it doesn't matter how good a F65 is, how awesome an Epic is, how brilliant it would be if I had an ARI. Alexa I just I'm not going to get up into the tens of thousands so it's a completely moot point there's just no point getting carried away I have that kind of budget that I could perhaps spend on a 5D Mark III or now this or a really good um, Mm. video camera I think hour by hour though this camera is
1: entering into a considerably more crowded space as we go through all the cameras we're announcing today just what sony alone have brought out is you know all sort of some big huge pile on um um, onto this camera and into its space i mean this is more it's a real it's a it's a real enigma this camera because you've got a camera that has amazing ability and, uh, you know, the RAW and all that sort of stuff, but doesn't have the sensor that re- everybody really wants to, to, to mate with it. It has th- the sensor in terms of, you know, its sharpness and uh, its latitude through RAW, but, you know, it's it's just missing that real estate uh, behind the mount there, which, uh, and on the other flip side of the coin, of all the other stuff that's been announced in the last couple of weeks is is cameras that, like, Every five minutes is a new full frame camera that is the flips it complete opposite of it. That'll give you a fantastically big sensor, but is spitting out to uh, AVC HD or what you know, I've got to say compression. is compression. I am
0: kind of surprised at how much people have just gravitated away from discussing what we'd call a traditional camcorder, because if you are willing to spend three thousand dollars, you yeah. can buy a really good camcorder, and even though it doesn't look like a camcorder. I mean, the bottom line is that that actual Canon—I mean, that actual Blackmagic camera—is not a stills camera that also shoots video in the five yeah. D Mark III sense. It is effectively a camcorder, right? Yeah. And it's all, albeit a very clever one with the um, the SSD and stuff. But you know, I've got to say, uh, I, I love that camera. I think that it's great that it has the DaVinci uh, software with it, so you get that and the scopes and stuff and the SSD workflow. I think it's all really, really good. But if I was at that three thousand buck level and I moved away from a five D Mark III, I'd have to also be thinking about things like the new Sony uh, APS-C uh, camera, the you know the new um, what is that uh, small um, uh, new Sony one that was released like this week um, with a detachable, you know, like a sixteen uh, megapixel CMOS sensor E-mount interchangeable uh, lens handycam. And it's retailing for about $1,700, $1,800. I don't think they're actually shipping yet. But, you know, at that level... And it's tiny. It's tiny. And I've got a Sony badge, so it's obviously going to work pretty well out of the box. But I'm still saving... A grand or more on the um, on the black magic camera yeah. now I don't get da Vinci thrown in and a bunch of other stuff but there are cameras like this that are appearing on the marketplace
1: definitely I mean I, it's one of those cameras that I don't still really not sure what who it's aimed at because it has this sort of fantastic functionality and the ease of use and the ease of the post of just pulling out the drive and docking it and all that sort of stuff and touch big touchscreen screen that you would think would be great to give it to corporate people or education or something for doing, you know, interview interviewing staff or, mm. you know, to doing in-house sort of in-house stuff. And yet it has RAW, which is like completely appealing to a completely different market. Then it has Micro Four Thirds or at least Micro Four Thirds sensor, which more appeal to the first market I talked about, but doesn't necessarily appeal to the people who want RAW. So – it seems really weird that you know if you if you want a nice looking imagery for for a quick easy shooting um there's there's a ton of other options now as i say if if you if you if you don't want the the raw thing Because what as we, what people are now starting to discover as these things start to head out there the black magic I'm talking about yeah. is that the raw is a serious data hog as much so if not more I think than as, as an Epic
0: well because of course the thing about the Epic is that um, effectively it's a third of the size because it's the, you know it's the CMOS RAW mm. um, but then yes it is then encoded into a compression format which gives you as per the dial on the bloody camera yeah. you know 12 to 1 or 10 to 1 compression um, because that's you know exactly what uh, what it does.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's the, I have to think of the raw just being an included option rather than a an excluded you know added functionality that you can switch on if you want. Because I think you can rip through an 128 gig SSD on raw in like 20 minutes or half an hour or something like that, which is right up there with you know with 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 low with low um, red codes on on the epic for sure on 5K. So that's um you know you're going to rip through the you're going to be swapping those ssds pretty quickly so i don't know i, I it's it's one of those ones i really have a f- real hard time putting it pigeonholing it and working out who the heck it's for because it's 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 a very sort of enigmatic thing that it does one thing for one person and completely goes against the grain so look you know I, again as i've said a million times you know it's for this kind of money, it can afford to be as wacky as it likes, and people will, will
0: are flocking to it. The camera that I was referring to, the one that um, I was referring to at eighteen hundred dollars. By the way, I just looked it up. It's the NEX VG thirty. Can I just say that right. Sony's marketing department needs to be taken out and walked into like an Apple store or some place because. You just, you know, it's very hard to get excited about the NEX yep. VG30 versus the, you know, BB184183, mm, mm, and mm, it was it's always been thus, you know. you be talking about monitors, it used to be like, oh, well, I have a BVM4, you have the BVM4, not the bvm 88 but okay. No, no, the BVM4. PVM okay. or the BVM? Oh, or the BVM, yes, exactly. Yep. And you'd just be like, what? And then somebody comes along and says, I have a red camera. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, that VG30, it's just like, that's the one we're talking about, it's like, it's completely tiny yeah. for APS, and um, I think it'll do, you know, it'll do, immediately do something that the Blackmagic won't, which is overcrank, black Blackmagic won't do at the moment, which is
0: overcrank. Now, uh, I, I like the Blackmagic camera, um, but yeah. I just think that once you get into that price bracket, you're now, as you say, getting a really crowded market, or a more crowded market than, than ever before, um, yeah. but nevertheless, I think there's, you know, the writing would appear to be on the wall that you could uh, put the new Blackmagic camera under success column.
1: This camera alone, the VG30, which is almost like the bottom of all of the stuff we've got to talk about in this episode, yeah. we could almost have spent an entire episode talking about maybe 18 months or a year ago. Well, a yeah. year ago, this would have made the top of your head pop
0: off, right? Yeah, because it's, uh, it shoots in this sort of cinema preset in 24p mode right out of the gate.
1: Yeah, with a sensor the same size as a red one. I mean, in something seriously, is HandyCam like probably about the same length, not much longer than an iPhone? Okay, <laughs> it's like, in- no, no,
0: it's, insane. it's, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's great. And it's look, great. You know, it's
1: not, it's so, it's not even on my, it's on your list, not even on my run list of, of the show today. And it's, and it's, it's alone uh, significant.
0: Yeah, now that camera isn't quite yet available for sale, but it's going to go on sale around uh, the 27th of September. So. I presume
1: it'll be, like all the rest, a lot of these AVC HD and you know, record the standard yeah. you and know, I, SD I'm, card. And,
0: and I, I should tell you, I'm getting most of my information on that camera from the B&H website. So here's another thing that's interesting about the Sony camera. You know, you hear about it when it's listed on a store ready for sale, yeah. uh, which is different to Mark Magic Red, uh, and quite a few other camera manufacturers these days. Sony could have telegraphed this at NAB, could have shown it at IBC, but it's yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I think you can find an awful lot out earlier than any press release by actually following b B&H. <laughs> B&H or well, being on b and b and mailing list, which I must do. Okay, but there the, actually is another Sony camera. That well, well, the big brother about. of this, yeah. which is the VG900. Yeah. Uh, this is one of two or three Sony's gone full frame Burco this week. Uh, this is all sort of based on IBC announcements, I guess. Let me know if you've seen this, if this actually saw, saw this at the show. IBC, by the way, as this is becoming as big. As, as Sony probably announced more cameras at IBC or probably had more cameras to show at IBC than they did at, at NAB. When you look back at NAB, I think what they had was the fs one hundred and seven hundred, which were announced even before that show. This is – IBC has – I've never been, but you
0: guys have been. But uh, it's becoming this huge v- – yeah. very much huge event. It's a trade show without a conference. But mm. it's good. It really is good. I just can't get out of bed on it because a lot of it's this product information. Yeah, And while I like to hold those cameras, mm. it's a long way to go just to be able to hold it when you know increasingly the press releases are coming out even before – ibc hits as they were with NAV, right like they don't want to get lost in the in the sort of whatever of um of uh ibc so they just come out like maybe a couple of days before i, I but maybe that will follow i don't know i, I just look i'm not saying ibc is bad i'm just saying that what i look for these days is the experience that i cannot get online in any way shape or form and yeah. those conferences for me are things like uh, SIDGRAPH, because um, there's a lot of really good, you know, technical training, explaining stuff. You just can't really get so much from a written paper. Um, and just a couple of other things, uh, sort of conferences where it's sort of a bit more you're hearing from somebody um, uh, talking about some new concepts and stuff, and it's not really translating so well to to just like a product press release, especially oh. given the life cycle of these products is so short, once a year... You know, it's like one snapshot. You'd have to go to six conferences every yeah. ten months. And to...
1: NAB is just naturally bigger because it's big enough so that everyone in Europe travels to do it. But IBC isn't big enough yeah. so that everyone from the States but will look, travel if to you do are it in, in Europe, terms of manufacturers. If
0: I was in Europe, I would completely change my journey. If I was in Europe, I would go to IBC. Yeah. I just – I have a lot of travel in my life and I'm trying to limit it. Yeah. But but getting yeah. back to this camera for a second. Yeah. So um, this what full frame – this
1: is Full frame, obviously probably 16 sixteen point nine full, but in terms of uh, width, it'd be same full frame. AVC HD at twenty eight megabits a second. Again, you know, proof will be in the actual pudding and how well they play those twenty eight megabits. Uh, it's got Sony a- uh, the E mount with the usual A mount adapter to be able to use some of their uh, Alpha stills lenses and you know any number of fifty dollar eBay. Lens adapters you want to you want come up with. Cinema curves, so it has like a cinema kind of feel to give you a little bit of a lot, kind of log or less less compressed video look. It, it will do clean 1080p uncompressed out of the HDMI port. That's what we hear. So you can add like a Pix240 or, you know, any of those sort Actually, of HDMI I just say on the Black
0: Blackmagic camera, being able to get... Uh, I haven't run it, but, you know... So I haven't tested it, but it's in the specs. You get, get full clean, clean yeah. HD out of the Thunderbolt port, right? And that Thunderbolt port uh, capture the the software of DaVinci is built to take that. So right out of the gate, you would have DaVinci running, and it would get the feed from your camera, right. and it would work. So, it's, and I will say this: I think that's a really big part of why Blackmagic's workflow. We haven't touched on it, but yeah. But Red said we're doing this really cool stuff and here's the API and an SDK and you guys go and sort of work it out and we look forward to everybody working out the SDK and when they didn't work it out, they released a product that was good but never quite as good as, you know, dedicated products in the Red Cine um, software. Great stuff, but, you know, like you can't say that it's got sort of full-on secondaries and runs rings around them. Whereas DaVinci's coming out from, uh, sorry, Blackmagic's coming out with DaVinci saying, okay, so here's the top-of-the-line color grading product and, oh, by the way, now it also is coming with it and it all works straight out of the box, which, um, which is a huge thing because that I-can't-be-bothered-to-work-this-out problem, you know, I used to think that that was just people being, not trying hard, but I can see now that this really is a major resistance to acceptance in the marketplace. Yeah. Hey, um, that isn't the end of our Sony news, So right? that is a pretty impressive camera
1: in, in itself and it'll do uh, 60p uh, at full 1080 um, but their full now, frame madness continues. Yeah, well, and there is there is and there's another there's another couple of cameras, and they're all very much uh, linked together. I think so. They've uh, announced uh, so the A99, which is a, a full frame. I want to say DSLR, but I think they're calling it at a So I can't remember what they're even calling it now because it is not a reflex. It's not a mirror camera. It has an OLED EVF only and gets the um, image up via translucent mirror. Still has. So it has a mirror. Has a I mirror. Yes. But
0: no optical viewfinder. Or does the mirror flip up,
1: I wonder? I think it's it's kind of like the old pellicle days where it'll split a little bit of light up to the oh, okay. um up to the OLED. Hmm, up to the sensor. Why is it doing that? Hmm. Okay, cool. I'm so researched on this one. Anyway, it's not it's traditional relay. Well, it's, it? it's not an optical viewfinder, <laughs> it has an OLED EVF. Uh, same uh, data rate for video mode, uh, HD at 28 megabits a second, does 1080p at 60 frames a second.
0: But unlike those other two cameras we talked about from Sony, which look uh, to the naked eye like a camcorder, this yes. looks like a sort of 7D, this like it is, looks yeah, like a still DSLR.
1: completely DSLR and designed to be a stills camera, yeah. next generation stills camera. And we'll do ten, uh, the clean 1080p out of the HDMI port as well, so... Interesting, smaller form factor, could be said, Uh, and it has a hot shoe, uh, there's a hot shoe uh, mountable XLR adapter, so you can put uh, uh, proper audio in there, so if they're thinking about audio, then I'm hoping in the menus you'll have like manual audio controls and things. Not entirely out yet, uh, but there's, uh, clearly there is... I'm presuming one or the other is a rehoused version of the, of, the, of each other. Could be, you know, the, the, the guts. There's a lot of um, electronics being shared here between the two, or at least certainly the specs show the same. They also uh, have uh, announced an, a full-frame, uh, the RX11, which looks freaking gorgeous, and so it should be for 2800 bucks. But a full-frame compact, uh, essentially like a... a, a um, like a style, sort of street shooter. Um. Can, can I
0: just check you that? Is that actually the RX1 or the RX11? Sorry, RX1. Yeah, right. Yeah, RX1 probably got, I've probably added a. I think it was the exclamation mark. Exclamation of, mark. Of, of, of excitement. It's the exclamation mark and my eyes. Um, but yes, that is. Um, <laughs> the RX1. That is basically the mirrorless SLR style. And I know it's smaller body because you don't have to worry about it. Big cavernous space inside for mirrors to flick up. Yeah,
1: and it doesn't have the sort of you know, I say prism at the top, but it doesn't have the uh, doesn't have the OLED uh, viewfinder. I yeah. guess it's the viewfinderless version of the A99. Um, so thus they don't have the mirror, they don't have all any of that sort of stuff. So they're not they can make the whole um, make the whole body sort of thinner, and just has the uh, viewfi- um, uh, LCD on the back.
0: And we've seen same data like rate.
1: 1080p at 60 frames a second. No idea whether there's clean HDMI out
0: uh, yet. But we've but seen it looks we've gorgeous. seen cameras like this from Canon and people, and it seems to be a trend, right? Towards uh, this
1: kind not of, full frame.
0: Haven't we seen full frame?
1: The only full frame. No, you're right. It's sort of compact was, like this. Yeah. has been uh, like the Leica um, M9s and stuff like that. And I don't know if they really spend much time on a video mode if they have it at all. Probably being purist, they probably didn't even include a video mode at all. But, um, yeah, this is gorgeous, small, light, t- 1080p at 60, has audio inputs even, full manual control, so hoping the manual control will follow through into the video mode, but we shall see. But, again, looks like it's sharing reasonable same specs as the other two cameras.
0: Can we Can we flag a couple of other non... Like, normally we would stick at digital cinematography cameras right yeah but i think there's a couple of other cameras one that i've found one that i think you found that i are worth mentioning on the show the first one is another sony that's the sony action cam do you want to talk about that
1: yeah that's pretty awesome uh well, this has been coming for a little while but now i think it's pretty much out or about to be able to pre-order the thing as usual go to H if you want to find out you know anything about anything uh two versions there's a wi-fi version and a non-wi-fi version uh 1080p at 30 frames but it'll do 720p at 60 or 120 frames a second, which is pretty cool. The other thing which I think is pretty clever, which I don't think anyone else is doing, is it has this st- image stabilization. So it will... Yeah, that's what makes it sexy, doesn't it? Stabilize, uh, they call it three-way sort of stabilizing. So it'll actually do roll... Uh, stabilize on the roll axis as well which is probably pretty important when you're sort of mounting it on you know the kind of crazy shit you're going to mount this on it's not going to be the classic in your hand sort of camera shake it's actually going to have you know you're going to have vibration and flex on the mount so it'll do um, stabilizing on all three axes it does it electronically because it has like 170 degree view but when you switch to the steady shot on it goes to 120 degree view so, 170 degree view before this turn the steady shot on is about equivalent to about a 15mm lens. Um, records AVCHD to the memory stick or micro SD. And the Wi Fi version will let you kind of have as we've seen with a lot of the other um, little sport cameras, action cameras, is the ability to uh, frame it uh, via uh, smartphone in inverted commas. I'm hoping Sony is going to be smart enough to. Uh, add iPhones and uh, iOS devices to the list of smartphones and not just be Sony devices only but the ability to then also I have pull the so clips many Sony smartphones <laughs> uh, they're all pretty nice I'm sure I'm sure they're lovely uh, the ability to pull clips in from uh, the camera to your iPhone or your tablet and stuff like that and and has an LCD display on the on the side which is all nice and
0: easy to I, I would to say set that shit. is a that is actually a big deal because yeah, the number of times big, people deal. if you if you're in love with these kind of action cameras, you're certainly not in love with the ability to program them by pressing three buttons once and one button on the top twice yep. and counting backwards to yep. three. Oh, damn, I put it into time-lapse mode. And, oh, shit.
1: Great, I'm going to jump off. I on one slope. time to do this base <laughs> jump.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, jump off and oh i'm shooting i shot one uh, still before i jumped
0: <laughs> and it was really easy to work with my gloves and my <laughs> yes. safety harness and my other stuff on my um gopro that's yeah. right that's right hey, i know when you and i base jump Michael, we, we, we base jump all the time and by the way it it's coming when it comes out 30th of september kind of time frame it's got a head mount but it's going to mount on the side of your head because it's a little bit bigger than the um Person I saw I was past someone just say they're rollerblading obviously for the first time with a, with a GoPro on their helmet and my daughter just looked at them and went so they basically want to film the pavement smashing them in the face <laughs> that's right and then it's all about it's all about um, YouTube hits yes so that, there's a head mount that goes to the side of your head there's also a handlebar mount um and a, the classic suction cap mount that we are used to and the adhesive packs that we used to with other cameras. and yeah. a waterproof mount.
1: Yes, and I think most of that stuff comes with it. They're mad if they don't. So it's about. I, I think
0: the, I think some of that. Well, I don't know. Maybe they come with it. But some of those other things I described are all on the some kind of them of, not necessarily the handlebar mount. But they're like the, thirty the, bucks. Like the simple
1: sort of mount to something. What I quite like at though is, which is different to what you don't get with a GoPro, is when you put the put it in the plastic uh, in the waterproof housing. Yeah. There's a tripod, a nice metal tripod mount, a quarter inch. Socket in the bottom of that waterproof housing, mm. so you can immediately put it on a tripod without having to i think you know you 've got to start ordering tripod mounts and stuff for gopros and uh, and the waterproof housing on the GoPro is that a pain? I like quite like the camera, but man cocking around with all those little well, what well, is up with those no, no, freaking no, little knots for adjusting the mount? I got on the waterproof
0: GoPro. mount and I jumped in the water with it, and then it was like no, it doesn't work underwater. What do you mean it doesn't work? Well, it works underwater. It's just not <laughs> it levers to work underwater. It's, it's, it's designed, designed to, to be get,
1: splashing of water, yeah. but not go through. it. This no, no, is designed, no, was I guess. That, it just the imagery was crap. Well, this is without an adapter. The housing here, I think, is meant to go to like thirty meters or something insane. Yeah, but I just wonder, is the housing? waterproof yes, to that level the correct, or optically or, good yeah you're going to be able to shoot above and below the water, water and yeah. get good results
0: I, I learnt that lesson off the coast of Tasmania <laughs> but 120
1: frames stabilised no, no, that's, that's, great. that's pretty impressive that's great. hopefully it won't get let down by crappy you know crappy data rates or you know shitty yeah. compression or the imagery I've seen so far looks, looks good it looks good um so,
0: yeah, Sony have just gone... Okay, but local. I want to say that there is another camera that I think is... Yeah, another camera. ...that is unbelievably interesting, though I personally want the successor to it rather than it itself. In other words... you uh, not thinking of what I'm thinking of then. Go ahead. Okay, I don't know what you're thinking of. But um, uh, Nikon have come out with a Coolpix S800C. This is about... Three hundred eighty pounds. I haven't been able to find much out about it, but this what makes this interesting is like look at it from the front. It looks like a normal little handheld. Uh, <gasps> Who thought hand. when we started this podcast that we'd be no no talking just about shut up and, cool and listen. Cameras. No no, but just listen. I'll tell you why. Because it you wouldn't talk about it right if you only looked at the front of it because it looks like um, you know a thing with a lens that comes out and in and out. And you're like okay, so what? Why would I care? At three hundred eighty pounds, the reason is it's an Android camera. And I claim this is the beginning of the end. This is the point in the sand where we have the seismic pivot that changes everything. Because I think that what you want is an, like an SLR with no mirror, so it's yep. small, that an iPhone clicks into the back of, yes, and you get really good optics, really good sensor, and then, by the way, could you just hand everything else over to this incredibly powerful computer that somebody else has built? Yeah. Because basically, this... To the back, you would think I was holding a slightly clunky phone. Mm. To the front, you'd think I was holding a compact Nikon camera. Yeah. But that combination, not necessarily this one, but that combination of get me a camera company like Canon or Nikon that knows what they're doing at the front yep. with proper lenses. Don't friggin' get an iPad and stick a lens adapter in the front of it and pretend that you it's. You love a- those, Mike. Oh, God.
1: I've seen plenty of pictures now, of you. Sh- shut up. Holding. Right now, shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> But That's going to be the next like, NAB live I held it show it like, I can see. I Forget God, the five epics. It's going to be it, Mike
1: with oh four iPads.
0: I held it for like a minute <laughs> and I was photographed across about 15 blogs holding this stupid thing. Anyway, my point is, that Note is not the future. The show but notes include
1: photos no, of
0: Mike no, with an no, iPad. Off. Okay, anyway, listen. This, this idea that you want to be able to have some more smarts. Because as I was saying in PhD, in, in, when I was discussing this, my SLR, my gorgeous 5D Mark III, is a pretty stupid camera. It yep. doesn't know where it is in the world because it has no GPS. It doesn't know what way it's looking because it has no tilt. It can't do any image processing of any real consequence. It can't do time-lapse. You it, have it to buy a $200 adapter. It can't do Wi-Fi. It can't get, I, I was out on shoot with the guy who had a really, really good 5D Mark III. I think I might have said this. Taking awesome shots. Put it down, get his iPhone out. Because he knew he wouldn't be able to send the photos from his uh, SLR for a day. But this afternoon, as soon as we sat down to have coffee, he was going to send them to his wife. He was visiting Australia, obviously. And, you know, it's like that's just ridiculous. But unless he got his laptop with him and some kind of Australian Wi-Fi card and a million other things, yeah. there was no way he could get a photo out of the really good Canon to send to his wife. And you know what? His wife didn't care whether it was gorgeous, shallow depth of field in the Sydney Opera House. She just wants to see a sunny picture of Sydney Opera House and know that her husband's happy in Sydney, right? And that's exactly what he got from the from the iPhone. But, of course, the iPhone picture was vastly inferior. No, it was good, but it was you know vastly yeah. inferior technically yeah. to, to what he's getting from the other one that's what you want. And so I think this combination of having, and I've been waiting for this to happen, and I don't know if this camera in of itself will be, you know, a landmark in other than the fact that it's the first time I've ever seen like a full-on, this has got literally a photo of it running Angry Birds on the back and, and, and Nikon on the front. And I know you don't need that, but let's yeah. face it. Um,
1: I just hope that, you know, as well as doing that, this, that they let the apps or let the SDI or let the SDK have access to enough of the camera's functions oh yeah that all all of the apps or whatever you know whatever little plugins you can buy or install are going to actually give you enough control over over the camera sony sony have just done this as well the nex5 r which is a weird name but it's actually has if you just um, again do show notes add that something in the show notes about it but uh it has not necessarily the Android thing where you can go to Android Store and get you know free freely developed stuff, but they they are making apps. I believe they're not Android apps. I think that there might be something that they develop but that you can um, like kind of swap modules in and out of this thing. And so it definitely has this a bit more open interface, which uh, you know, again, as you say, Mike, is a fairly
0: pivotal thing. I couldn't agree start with you
1: more. Like have, um, free, a bit more free access to. I don't this, think in the f- iPhone
0: gear. in the iPhone I don't think they let the apps get no. enough at the camera no, tech. No, not at
1: all. Well, I think the problem also. Is that the camera itself just doesn't have? It's very much like a little, you know, like the bloody little, you know, eyesight camera, at the top of your laptop. It's pretty much like that. That you know, or it doesn't have probably a traditional iris. It has a fixed iris, and the only kind of control to do exposure is like changing shutter speed, which then obviously, so if the camera has more function, which obviously the NEX five R and the one that you're talking about from Nikon will do, it will have the camera itself will have proper control for exposure over white balance and over uh, shutter speed and iris and all that sort of stuff, then, then yeah, let the software, you know, let our software get a handle on it. But some cameras just physically can't do it. Like the iPhone, there just isn't enough functionality in the actual camera itself to let apps do much with it. You know, you can't stop down or open up and stuff like that. It's very simple because it's freaking like two millimeters by two millimeters. You know, it's a freaking tiny thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. I I think that the camera in the 4S or now in the iPhone 5, the eight megapixel camera, which hasn't really seemed to have changed much in the new iPhone 5, I think it is a good camera for an iPhone. Like it's probably the best in breed. But yeah, I mean, how could you possibly get a picture to compare when the glass has to be... Because mm. the, the, <laughs> the depth of the actual new iPhone 5 is so small. Mm. How they can get unfocused from the front of the lens at the back of the darn actual phone to yeah. the uh, to the sensor it just stuns me right think about it like like there just oh. isn't much room in there yeah yeah no it's, but what this is what's making the
1: iphone and it's ilk are what making camera camera manufacturers have to think smarter about what they offer that you know they simply can't sell a a small tiny little thing about the size of an iphone because who's going to buy it for a 100 bucks when you just have an iphone it's going to have exactly as yep. apart from an optical zoom that's pretty much the only thing you're missing you're not going to get better depth of field they're all those little tiny happy snappies who have got a anyone you know, who's used the got menus a chip on the size, a,
0: half the size of your pinky nail but so, the menus on a on a phone yeah it's got a bloody great lcd at the back yeah, and a joy pad thing well
1: most some of them don't have touch screens but no. yeah there's a lot simpler you know well but why but it's again it's what's that convenience having one extra thing to carry around oh yeah another battery to charge another memory card yep. to manage when you can have your iPhone, and then all you really want to do with it is go boom hey up to facebook or whatever so it's all how many it's, cameras it's all, do you
0: have and you still post iphone photos i've seen you do it yeah absolutely
1: absolutely and i've only got i've got like an iphone 4 i don't even have a 4s or so don't have a 5 I'm, i've got a couple of generations back so yeah and i'm quite happy to Post a lot of them, but the
0: and 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 you know if you degrade the pictures even further, you can sell the company for a billion dollars. <laughs> so apparently they were paid in shares. So it maybe ain't going to be a billion. No, I guess it's, it's dropping,
1: dropping it's quickly, plummeting. quickly. Yeah, that's, that's, that 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 would have been something to get in the. Uh, your lawyer is really fucked up. You should have. Uh, yeah. So say, sorry. You are telling me want that. The billion the, okay, is shares? Being paid I want in in what the shares are worth today.
0: today yeah.
1: Or higher. Um, hey, but but yeah, so this is why cameras, I guess, are getting more, getting, they need to get better because they need to get better and they need to get better sensors and better imagery and better functionality in something the same size. Otherwise, people won't buy them. They'll just bring out, they'll just take their iPhone.
0: So we said there was a new camera from Red. And yes. we were not lying, though it was not the camera I expected to be talking about. <laughs> No, the monochrome,
1: which is uh, bizarre. I mean, I've, I've mentioned a few times on this show all of the other, like the monochrome from Iconoscope, and I think there's another, there's the black and white, there's the black and white only, I even, I'm even, i sure on the show I mentioned the black and white only Leica, which I, again, didn't have a video mode, I'm sure, but it was just of a discussion point that, hey, wouldn't it be interesting or would it? Do we want this or or don't we? Um I'm sure for the, for the black and white purists, this is an utterly astounding camera. This is not going to be something they're going to sell an absolute shitload.
0: <laughs> that's, why it's, um, a that's why it's an, an M, not a not, not an X. So this is um, basically a red. And if you imagine the way that the red gets up its uh, signal is it has a Bayer pattern. The Bayer pattern obviously is a bunch of uh, photo sites, which are green, red, or blue. Which is why it's a CMOS and they get uh, debayed and you to work out what the color is overall. And if you took away those dyes in front of uh, the photo sites, you would still record luminance value. You just wouldn't know anything about color. Mm. But you wouldn't have to go through the dye that is either green, red, or blue, which is why this new camera has an ISO that's 2000 natively because you've effectively removed an ND filter. Yeah, which every is the,
1: single, every, if you, yeah, exactly. This is like having a very, very finely printed, multicolored uh, gel filter laid over the front of the, sen- the sensor. Removed. Removed. <laughs> exactly. All the dyes on the top of all the photo sites. Uh, again, yeah, exactly. This is the native
0: sensitivity, probably what is under yes. You know
1: the existing...
0: Uh, Which is Mysterio why they can MX. do it, right? Because as long as you can get someone to make you the chip without the dyes on top, Yeah. all you then have to do is change the low-pass filter. So why is this camera more expensive? <laughs> Well, because it's, it's a custom. Job, yeah, it's. it's. But it's, it's uh, that being said, David Fincher is shooting his next project on it.
1: So they say. I have asked what uh, what that project is, but not sure. The only thing, at least IMDb, he slated his House of Cards, which is a.
0: I'd be surprised if that was yeah.
1: for TV I'm surprised if that would be black yeah. and white. So maybe yeah. there's something else on 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 the way. Did, did but, we get?
0: Did we hear anything else about the dragon? No, sensor. I've heard nothing about dragon. Okay. No. Because I understood that this camera included a Dragon monochrome sensor upgrade, and I thought that was really interesting, because why wouldn't it, right? You could do the same thing with the Dragon sensor. Yeah,
1: because it's so close to Dragon being out. Yeah. In spring... Hang on. Upgrade to Dragon monochrome sensor, spring 2013. Yes. Yeah, right. Well, hopefully the actual Dragon will be out... Or is that when we were saying when spring 2013? Spring.
0: Okay, it's really simple. Which freaking spring? People. So, winter is Christmas in America... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So NAB is so spring, autumn.
1: So it's Australia, uh, southern spring. hemisphere autumn.
0: NAB is spring, right? Think about it. Twenty thirteen spring is NAB. Yes.
1: Two years after, no. When did when was Dragon announced? Was it?
0: Yeah, two years after.
1: Was two thousand
0: eleven? Because this year, NAB two thousand eleven was not Dragon. The year before was the tattooing of people on the stand, yeah. which is Dragon. And I should point out, Dragon isn't even the monstroship, is it?
1: Uh, or they call it the first of the monstros. Oh, do they? I think. Okay. Anyway, it's not, yeah, designed to be the B all and end all. But is it the 617?
0: From... Hmm? Is it the 617?
1: Yes, that's what it is. The it's, it's, it's the same size as uh, the 617? Yeah. 120, 120 roll film, yes. Lind- okay. Hoff, I'm just being a arm. bit
0: mean yeah, picking on them sorry, there, but exactly. they really shouldn't have announced that or one. Or the 645. The 645, yes. The medium format. Yeah, they yeah. shouldn't have announced those. No. Which no. would be now, how many years late would that be? Four years late?
1: I was so really interested in the 645. Okay. Um, do we... <laughs> well, <so laughs> do, perceive, the idea is that the a, a regular 5K Epic is going yeah. to um, resolve to uh, around about 4K, right? Once you get rid of all the... Once well, you do delaying um, and all that sort of stuff, yeah. right? So this is going to be true 5K. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because obviously there's no interpolation going on right. to work out a color value. Um, but on a EPIC as it stands, there's no interpolation to give you some idea of what the luminance value is. But the luminance value is affected by whether or not you're screening red, green or blue light through it. So there is some maths that goes on. There's some cross-processing that goes on. It's not a simple um, uh, equation or a matrix. But that being said... Um, you don't have to do that because you don't have to debay because you just get an image that's already black and white, which is why you change the low-pass filter as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. So that's really going to be another gain in sharpness will be a slightly different low-pass filter, which is going to be sharpening, I w- I would have said, re- reducing yeah. the natural softness I would have that, said a low-pass that this camera
0: low-pass filter is, this? Ca- I, mean, I know Finch is shooting his film, one, but wouldn't you have thought this was a, more of a nod to the black-and-white stills guys? Because if you're a black-and-white stills guy... Who does black and white stills photography? And black and white stills photography is valid. Mm-hmm. This is a kick-ass camera because all of a sudden it's a bit sharper, yeah. and it's yep. more sensitive. Yeah. And I only want black and white. And it's probably going to—it's probably going to be able to be tunable to produce some yeah, sensationally wonderful tonal ranges.
1: Yeah, because I get—I mean, the guys who are doing stills are going to be uh, dealing with. They want m- much higher resolution anyway. They're dealing... Yeah, the, op- the alternatives for the stills guys are cameras that are way more resolution than, than, than Epic. Um, you know, if you're talking about a, a 5.4 camera or a 6.45, you know, medium format, medium yeah, format black back Hasselblad. But uh, uh, are they all digital now? Yeah, yeah absolutely. All digital? Every, yeah. every, there's, a, there's a back for pretty much everything you, can want, you want now. You can yeah, must be, of course. five 5.4 digital backs. <laughs> Stupid question. Um anyway um, so so yeah that that's yeah. probably true it's a bit more of a you know a bit more of a nod to, to those guys again pretty niche market but uh it's it's still it's lovely nonetheless this would be a great thing for rental um at least for just maybe one region somewhere to you know right. a rental so a, camera to maybe you take one, one of these that. yeah it's not something you're going to want to use every day it might be something you want to do for one project and then and then not another yeah not every agency stroke studio stroke backer is going to be happy with shooting yeah. black and white only um
0: yeah although i'd i I'd, I'd completely welcome it bring it on um but you're right if you had a a Panavision that had one in its stock, and Mm. then if you just booked it enough ahead so they moved it over to where you were. That's definitely going
1: to be a project that you're going to want to see 4K projected. I'd love to see the difference between that uh, Mm. and uh, regular.
0: And, you know, I mean, I've got to say, I watched The Artist and enjoyed it immensely. Which was shot on film? I, I can't. Um, good question. But I mean, I mean the point. Shot about, at red, but not on red. Right. But the point was, it was black and white. Yes. And while, again, not very common film to do that, um, you know, it was a nice film. Yeah. I must admit, I haven't caught it yet. I've missed it in
1: the theatres. But I think uh, it
0: was quite successful at
1: the Oscars, my friend. Yes. It slightly successful. It doesn't necessarily mean I would uh, have, co- have caught it yet.
0: No, 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 true. It's one w- of those ones, for
1: some reason, it hasn't really been, uh, you know, if it hasn't been on an aeroplane, I haven't seen it, that's for yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, you really want to see it in somewhere other than an aeroplane. Yeah. yeah, I've enjoyed plenty of films on aeroplanes. Yeah. I- I've enjoyed films that are romantic comedies, mainly because I fall asleep during them, but <laughs> um, I don't know, I don't like seeing big effects films on planes, I don't like seeing anything where there's really good cinematography, so basically I'm limited to seeing films that Julia is in, uh, <laughs> just, that's it really. Yeah,
1: Jennifer Aniston on Let's a uh, six-inch screen in front of a comfy seat is this sort of, yeah.
0: That's all I get to, to see alternative on Alternative to Ambient.
1: Whatever. Well, uh,
0: <laughs> so no, it's just this, yeah, good ambient reference. Mm. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that, uh, in fact, it was shot on a Panavision, uh, sorry, a modified ARRI uh, 435, uh, Panavision modified with Panavision Super Speeds, right? You know? I wonder why it was modified. I don't know. It and it was shot on certainly on Kodak Vision Three Five Hundred T, right? Yeah. Okay, there you
1: go. Yeah. Film, there you go. I why not? Film. Well, they're after that old look, so go for it.
0: Yeah, why not? <laughs> as I hmm. said, didn't hurt them at the box office. Certainly didn't hurt them in the Oscars. Hey, um, you have, uh, you have generously donated to the cause, otherwise known as, um, Magic Lantern.
1: I have. I'm still waiting for. It takes a little while once you um, donate for them to actually uh, log you on and let I you get Steve's the software. Got it. I think. I but uh, there's the first alpha version of uh, Magic Latin Four or Five D Mark Three is ready to go. I haven't downloaded it yet. Obviously, at the moment though, the uh, it's not very feature rich. I think it's more just to sort of get it out there, make sure. Just have a bit of a poll of how many cameras they blow up in the wild just sort of before they move on. But, it is an uh, alpha software. It's pretty simple. It'll just do uh, histograms and waveforms and uh, audio meters and focus peaking and stuff like that. I don't believe all of the full functionality that's in the 5D Mark II at the moment has, you know, because it's really only an alpha. I think it's just it's just a start.
0: Can I just peaking say one alone
1: thing? would be interesting. I, I, would audio meters.
0: Magic, I would use Magic Lantern more if they could just get a nicer font. <laughs> For the menus, because life is so short. But to use something to that so looks small. like it's on a teletext typewriter from the nineteen like seventies. This is like uh, I expect the stock quotes to come rolling up, and uh, and there to be a little flashing cursor that says, "Where do you want to go in Zork?" It's like playing some sort of text game on it the is. corner of sixty-four yeah. or something. I expect there to be like. I- icon, you're in a pixel. forest. Yeah, well, do you want to go left grand, or right, right yeah. or Ahead. ahead <laughs> Do you want to time-lapse or zebras? Yes. True. I can't hear anything. This is anything. true. It's oh, just yeah. an alpha, I'm sure you No,
1: really. Well, they've got a lot of information on a very small little screen there.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Like... Uh, Really?
1: Anyway, look, it's well overdue for me to have donated anyway. Not that I donated a ton, but, you know, it's up to you how much you want to... um...
0: Do you know what's happened to me? And and this is relevant, but it's a rat hole. So, you know how this thing... Listeners may not know this. It has, obviously, in the 5D Mark III, two slots. One is your um, little, uh, you know, standard FC, uh, CF uh, slot, and the other one is the SD, smaller Mm. slot. Yeah. So somehow somebody borrowed my 5D Mark III and bent one of the pins in the CF card slot, so I can run the camera to the SD cards fine. Yes, but I can't use CF cards, and I couldn't use half my CF cards anyway because I had the bigger, fatter ones that worked in the Mark II. Oh yeah,
1: you had those yeah. stupid note to self. What was it? The bloody Hoodman. They were very fast, Hoodman very high performance CF but they were cards. Are of a different
0: CF. They were thickness. M- CF. St- the CF specification allowed C-Spect for them to be thicker three. than yeah. what they normally were. Yeah. Hoodman were the only company that made them thicker and metal. Yes. So, you could drop them and they were awesome. Yes. Unfortunately, don't fit in the Mark III. They don't, but they and do then, fit in the Mark II. Yeah, but, but that wasn't they, the problem. Somebody no. must have shoved something in. Anyway, so now I have a 5D Mark III that right. doesn't... I shouldn't have said that because I ever want to sell it. That's going to reduce its resale <laughs> value a lot. No, we're just going to
1: convert it over to uh, infrared.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm going to have to do. Because, uh, yeah, so I can't... I'm, so the recommendation for this, getting back to the ma- Magic Lantern, yes, is that you would run your SD card as the thing that had Magic Lantern on it. Right, and yes. And record to the CF card, unless you're an idiot like me that managed to have someone break their <laughs> CF card. Bit.
1: Which you don't have that option on the 5D Mark II, but I think nope. a lot of this, There's a few other cameras that do have the SD-stroke CF card option, but that's a good idea. Then you don't have to have... Because then all the camera all the cards you're recording on on your c f card because every time if you want to erase them or format them in the camera, then you then wipe out the uh, you would wipe out the magic lantern uh, firmware or the magic lantern software that
0: you have to keep on the card all the time. But can I just segue that I have been using CF cards in the C500. Ah, uh, yes. You've been shooting with the C500. Yes. Mm. And not really that much because we've mainly been shooting with it to a codex box because... That's the only way you can shoot... Raw 4K. 4K with it
1: anyway. Right. Because it is awesome. <laughs> Where is the C five hundred at? Because I'm a bit sort of grey. I haven't even mentioned the C one hundred, which is the baby brother, which came out since our last episode as well. I haven't even touched on that thing. Would you like to touch it? I think I'll. I, mean, I think i might touch on it when I know a bit more about it. Okay. I, I've, I've sort of touched on it, and it, I kind of know where it sits, and it's, it seems a little bit over. Over, you know, it seems a bit overpriced for and underfeatured for what it is. I was That's a bit underwhelmed by memory. the C
0: three hundred, because yeah. for me the C three hundred was at that price point where. Um, okay, let's just – the lay of the land. I'm repeating a bit from my class over at PhD, but anyway. Sorry. So, we, we've we got an Alexa at, what, 60-something grand plus, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Alexa? Yeah. 80, 90. Yeah, okay. Landed. And,
0: and then there's the Epic at, what, 43 plus? For a body, and then yeah. you need something to – Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and then some. And the C300 – I'm not helping your argument am I by the way. Keep no going. no you are you absolutely are. And then the C300 was at 16 grand right. And then the other cameras we were talking about earlier in the show like the 5D Mark III is at 3 and a half, the Black the Blackmagic cameras at about 3 whatever these um that little Sony thing was at 18. Yeah. But the C300 was at 16. And that's an interesting number because it was like well if I go to 16 grand you know what I mean like it's more than that it's a kind of jump up well the yeah. C3 the C500 should be out the door at around 30000 Expensive. It's, it's expensive, but if it's at 4K raw, mm-hmm. it's now competing with the Epic, and it's certainly um, higher res than the Alexa, but it has that kind of like higher end feel. However. But it's cheaper than all of those, right? Like it's at least ha- uh, uh, more than half the cost of the Alexa, and certainly um, 13 less than the Epic. Yeah. Yes, however, you can't record 4K. Yeah, but you can with a codex. And the yeah, codex, but how much is a codex? Okay. Well, okay. Anyway. But the, anyway you can, and you can also hey, use it ahead, without it, right? On. And also, the Alexa only shoots best, you know, like two and a half K, Two and a half, right. Not four. But anyway, yes, that's why okay, right. so you the, need so, something else. Okay. But it. so I'm more interested in the 500 than I am in the 300 because it goes further. It gives me something that I think is really substantially interesting. And then the other thing they do is the Bayer pattern is different. So, remember the Bayer pattern that we've been discussing all day, red, green, and blue, and the way it works is you have green, blue, green, blue, red, green, red, green, and then you go back again, right? You have green, blue, green, green. So, every line has a square of green and a square of blue. Every other line has a square of green or a square of red, hence twice as much green as... Yeah. What the Canon Bayer does is go uh, kind of bluey, green, blue, bluey, green, blue... And then it goes red, very green, green, red, very, very green, green, and then it goes back to the bluey green again. So, you actually have now effectively... It's not kind of RGB. It's, no, no. It's R, G, R, G, B, B. Okay. So, now if you think about that for a second, it's the same number of actual photo sites, right? Yeah? We haven't changed the number. It's just that every second row, instead of doubling up your green, yes. you have a variant of green.
1: Yes. You have a variant of green on mixed with blue or red.
0: Yeah, uh, or whatever. Sort of, yeah, exactly. yeah,
1: you have like a, a combo. You have a combo. So it just gives Halfway.
0: you this extra kind of dimensionality because you've got sort of effectively like this wide gamut green.
1: Which is not in the C300? Oh, this I don't know is, if it is, okay, but I'm I just excited by the 500, so I'm talking yep, about that, sorry. right? Okay.
0: And then the next thing that they do is they uh, use the Dual Link 3G SDI to get mm. to the Codex box. Yep. Now, that was specced out by the lovely people at the... Um, at the pocket protector set of SIMT <laughs> on the M25M uh, committee. So, a bunch of guys sat around. And they said, yes, we have a way to do this. We do the... I don't know why they're German. They're probably not. Uh, They've they got, they got really good pockets, though. Um, They've got RGBA, and therefore, you need the dual link, right? And these guys said, well, can we just forget the A? Because, quite frankly, off a camera, when do I need alpha? Not important. And mm. I'll just stream my four channels of red blue and two different greens and that's what streams over which um which is awesome which means that you get this really nice raw file and i would say that the proof is in the pudding because if you look at the quality of the images out of the c500 4k off a um yeah oh my god they're so good okay okay
1: well let let, let me step back a little bit for a minute okay they're terrific 4k So you got four K, right? You got yeah. a thirty plus whatever thousand dollar camera. Yeah. Now you've got to record it to something. Yes. Well you can record it. The cheapest version I think at the moment is the oh, I wanna say the Gemini. Something there's a there's a version of the Gemini that's like four K. That, that'll handle it. it's designed, been developed in concert with, with Canon to work with this. And I think it's something like twenty something thousand dollars, right? Or you got the Codex, which is a lot more. Right? So I think at the if somebody stopped me, but I think the only way to record 4K at the moment with that is $50,000 or above as a package, right?
0: Um that's
1: well Codex is
0: some codexes are more like sixty two,
1: but yeah, go ahead. Okay, on. sure, sure. So ninety thousand dollars at the high end. Uh, same price as a, a, an Alexa and above at the but, high end. Low end minimum thing, I think it's about twenty grand or something. Isn't the for Gemini a, like six K though? For a hmm? Isn't the Gemini like six K? No. Yeah, but not the four K one. Oh okay. The Gemini and I don't think I don't I think to be able, I think the one that to do four K from the C three hundred, C five hundred, is like, like crazy money. Just
0: to be just to be clear though, that the the Codex ARI raw recorder costs like sixteen thousand five hundred. Like you don't have to, sixteen, yeah, to do three to do two and a half k. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, raw,
1: yeah, sixteen thousand. That's pretty okay. good
0: for the module, and then you need the media. Well, that's the station. that's the transfer station. Yeah, right, right. Anyway,
1: so what I'm getting at is that you're you're into epic territory already right all in one you've got an all in one thing that we can record five k and go over cranking. How do you do over cranking with can you, i think actually I think you can actually over crank a little bit sixty frames or something not say with codecs, but you might be able to with the um, anyway as soon as you have an external recorder right mm-hmm. over cranking becomes real pain. Or you can't do it. Or I think you might be able to go to sixty frames with the with the um, convergent whatever it is. With the bloody okay, I,
0: I grant Gemini. you. Okay, I grant you that you need three things for codecs to work. Right, you need the transfer station with sixteen grand. You need some data packs, yep. so let's say you drop twenty. Transfer station is like the dock thing that you put on the camera, right? The, no, that's the recorder basic unit. Right. Thing. There's there's like sixteen grand there. There's a transfer station, probably another sixteen, and then you've got some media which is going to knock you back about twenty grand because it's super high spec stuff. Yeah, call it but, whatever. 50 but, something. But here's my thing, right? If you had that camera, surely, in a rental environment, if you want four K and really high quality and everything else then you add up that extra cost if you don't want that because you want to happily shoot at 2K and and not uh at 4K raw which oh. see my my premise is most Arri cameras let's say it's $80,000, right? It's $80,000 when I shoot ProRes or raw. It's just $80,000, right? And I I think it's great, but it's just there's no there's no budgetary room. Now you come to me as a director and you say I want to shoot on this camera so I'm on the Canon and I say well is it good budget? Not really. Let's just shoot on the um Without the 4K raw, we don't need the data. We yep, don't need the as depth. Most do. And then you come to me and you say, "I am shooting. You know, I think one of the most pivotal performances of this actor's career, uh, who is unfortunately going to be no longer with us because he's, he's decided to, yeah, to leave this mortal coil. Um, and this is the chance of a lifetime to get. You know, we've just literally put 240 volts through through Elvis, and he's up on his feet, but only for a couple more minutes. Um. Okay. Yeah. Budget, not a problem. Let's whack in four K and get the most gorgeous imagery. yet. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's it is raw raw. It's and it'll record in Canon raw or in. I'm just saying, then it's just a camera, camera. It
1: should be. This should be. You should be not allowed what? to make a camera <laughs> that can't record its own shit.
0: It does right? record its own shit. It what the fifty five hundred does not record raw, its own shit. Doesn't record four K raw. Oh, okay. And like oh. an Arri records. Was it, it record ten eighty? Does f- does Arri record raw on its camera? I'm
1: not. Uh, that's that's that camera has been released since I came up with this r- law. <laughs> since
0: the theory was <laughs> formulated, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> it's a reasonably new law that has been brought into because of crimes <laughs> because like that, and crime, the C500, the and uh, Alexa, I, right? I, I completely okay. see your point, Jason. You yeah, do not right. bring out a sure. camera that can't mm-hmm. do everything it can do okay. on its own, on its own. Put, take it out of the box, put a fucking card in it, <laughs> put a battery in it, turn it on, and it should be able to do everything it can do. Okay. That's not just, that's not me saying, flying the, the epic flag, but... The more it, it makes more sense when you see all the I, I crap you have got to load onto the back that of a C five hundred. I'm you just simply
0: saying this produces really, really and gorgeous cables imagery. and shit
1: that can fail, and something else to charge, and something else to lug, and and something another cable to, to pull out, and uh, okay. more data, and it's just, fucking I, just. I will say this: that when, that's when we came the law, back, I don't know, Someone come up with a
0: name for it. But we, just, we we were shooting car mounts with this C five hundred, right? So by the way, that's another really great advantage. That's this. true. Is that you effectively got a broken, uh, not broken, I should say, in two parts yes. separated camera, separated camera, because the well, one half is about the size of an epic, and the other half is it's actually lighter than an epic. But look, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying epic is crap. I love epic, but I'm just saying it was a good, small, lightweight car mount yep. camera on the side of the car. We fed uh, three cables in. One yep. was so we could have a video split in the car. One was so we could uh, well then there are two two uh, SDIs. I also we've also shot car mount with the Epic and you know what we ran a monitor back as well for that. Yep. Though we used the Red mode for switching it off and on, which was really really helpful. Mm. So don't be wrong. Awesome. But
1: and C log, I guess you're recording, you're recording like the, the Canon log. Yeah, we work on
0: Canon log. Yeah, it is a little hard as this camera has not been released yet. <laughs> oh yeah, to fully process that
1: by um, the time this camera is out. Look at what we've seen in the last two weeks. Okay, okay. the 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 metric shitload of cameras that have come out the door and the accelerated Moore's law of, of amazingness that, is, that has been coming our way in the, yes. just in the few months, yes. right? This camera, the C500, yes. it has a snowball's chance in hell of, of succeeding. If it's 4K and it's $30,000 and it can't record its own thing and you need all this other pile of shit on the back of it to record it, right? I just think unless it, it out of the box can do um, greatness... Like, oh, it can, you know, it can do it, but you just need to have all this extra. You need to have another $50,000 or $30,000. Right.
0: right. Splendid. Splendid. <laughs> Excellent. Feeling better? Breathe. <laughs> Breathe. Yeah. Can I, 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 just, just, can I, just, I just say also, do you, know, you know, you understand, right? I understand it's all what about onset.
1: it's about simplicity. We're talking about Final Cut and Pro about now?
0: ease of use. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, ease
0: of By use. By the way, just, just on an aside to an aside to an aside to a rat hole. Hmm. Adobe Premiere Anywhere, which launched at IBC. Awesome. I mean, unbelievably awesome. Like, just so awesome. It's not funny. And I've got another awesome Editing in the cloud? It's not so much in the cloud. No, no. It's not in the cloud. That's the thing. You think it's in the cloud, but it's not. Okay. And I would totally recommend you read John Montgomery, who should be given a a Pulitzer Prize for being able to explain this better than Adobe could on our website. But what happens is at our – okay, the facility we're sitting in right now, just really super quick, but I get out of one other thing that's really – you're going to love to death, is um, you would have in the equipment room, yeah, the graphics card and the processing crap that is around the central storage, but then anyone sitting anywhere else would just have their laptop and be editing the footage And what's happening is effectively all the processing that you would normally have in your laptop is happening over in the equipment room and everybody else is just getting a feed down the standard Ethernet. So they can edit away like crazy, but the same person sitting at their desk doing the editing down the Ethernet could be sitting in London and it would get the same level of responsiveness as you would get here, which makes it all look like it's at your desk, which is, sorry, just one thing, it's really significant because we don't have towers pretty much anymore from Apple. So it's very, very hard to stick a graphics card and an accelerator card and stuff in a laptop, so at your desk you just have the laptop, but it has blinding performance because of the unit that's sitting in the equipment room.
1: It's to do with this sort of Mercury
0: codec thing or something, isn't it? The Mercury is like part like, of it. Yeah, it's
1: like a Mercury over the net kind of kind of deal. Yeah,
0: read it. Read what John Montgomery's written about it because he's just honestly nailed cool. it. But I've got one other thing. Okay, so the next thing you should say to me at this point, Jace is. Oh, well, that's great, Mike. But if you don't have a tower at your desk, what is the point of this system? Because you need a tower in the equipment room. So I don't see how you've got anywhere further than where you already are because... Okay. What you said. Okay. The answer is they're now coming out with a whole lot of things that you, Jason Wingrove, claimed would never eventually happen but you really wanted, which is um, stuff to do with Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt. Right. Okay. Magna has come out with a box. Now I don't have one. I've only heard about it. Yes. So maybe it doesn't work well, but I think it looks awesome. Yes. It's called the ExpressBrox 3T. Yes. It costs 980 bucks. Yes. And it can if take if you
1: pre-ordered it was even less, I think. And I think they're sort of shipping it shortly.
0: And they're currently sold out. And and you could put yes. in that a um you could put three cards in there. So that could be a red rocket card, a fusion I.O. card, and fusion I.O. card we're going to talk about next week on the show, next time on the show, because they're awesome. And like an AJ or a Black Magic uh, card, and all of those cards sit in this thing that literally looks like a toaster, with a single thunderbolt cable coming out of it, and then that would plug into your computer in the uh, equipment room. Yeah. And at your desk, you're going to get all of the effective power of having a Red Rocket card, a Fusion card, and a Black Magic card at your desk through the Adobe um, right. setup. Oh. And it's so portable that, like, I mean, I know it's like. More luggage to take, but mm. you could go to a studio easily and take this one unit, which is about the size of a laptop, I guess, yeah. and put it down on the desk and plug it in. Like it's not a, an absurd amount of kit to take on location mm. versus a tower, which is you know like quite a lot to lug onto on a mm. set.
1: I, I think it's really impressive. That's Thunderbolt has certainly is is starting to improve a little bit. Black Magic released a fair few things at IBC. They but did Thunderbolt. Those they little did. Thunderbolt to SDI and SDI to Thunderbolt kind of little tiny little adapters. Very yes. impressive.
0: So anyway, I, I just wanted to, um, to to go left there, but yeah, they're they're awesome. Cool. Okay, we need to swing back to the show. Okay. If people are still with us at this point in time. All right. What can we talk about next? Okay. A bit of gear quickly. I've I lost, um, I lost I've been
1: testing and still quite and really like my uh, Paralynx Arrow wireless thingy but um Teridek are uh, uh, back with uh, something new the bolt What's have that? you seen much about this Mike? Nope. Hmm. it's uh, i guess more the the less um sort of web streaming kind of uh what if the um the, Teridek, the cube is more sort of like uh, h264 kind of streaming mm-hmm. this is i guess the more i guess ruggedized version of, I suppose, the Paralynx Arrow. An SDI only. It has SDI loop through. It has internal battery, which will run for, I have no idea how long at this (laughs) stage. Uh, Close to zero latency, which was the bugbear of the Cube. for People wanting, like me, who tried to make the Cube um, do what it wasn't necessarily its best at. It was really good at sort of, you know, for streaming and all that sort of stuff. So the Bolt, uh, 300 feet. $1,990 Nineteen hundred ninety bucks coming out this month. Nineteen hundred ninety bucks for a receiver and transmitter together. Uh, I'm just anything and everything that is in this arena. I'm all over, and I want to get my hands on one, and it'll be interesting. I do like my Paralynx Arrow. It's terrific, and it's very very light, and it's HDMI only. This is SDI only. Um, so. You know, if you want to go off a of 5D or something, you're going to have to start having little little converters to go HDMI to SDI into this. But it's machined out of aluminium and will mount, like the Cube will have, you know, hot shoe mounts and quarter-inch bolt mounts and it's a bit more ruggedized And, uh, yeah, so it's an interesting addition
0: to the arena and uh, I want to get my hands on one. Can I, I, like. can I throw a I like little it. left field... Bit of kit that I saw that I think looks awesome. Timecode Buddy. So, Timecode Buddy is a little thing. Think of it like a cigarette. You know, there's a generation that won't know what we talk about when we say size of a cigarette packet. Good. Good. A cigarette packet sized thing that is basically a timecode generator. Now, there are two models, um, and the simplified model I'll come back to. But basically, uh, imagine that you've got this. unit a little tiny thing with a transmitter on the top of it and it's, it's sending like, it's out like a wireless like a classic wireless mic kind of yep. belt pack and it's sending out time code right so if you were on sound and you wanted time code to be mastering from you this would be your time code master basically a world-class temperature controlled uh, crystal oscilloscope uh, oscillator that um producing the, the signal and it's going out okay so now you've got a camera and it's oh, multiple cameras and they've got receivers and they're, they're basically syncing time code because they're getting the time code you say difference. it's
1: sending time code i.e audio like the classic audio time code, code that you hear
0: yeah it's it's the audio department sending time code so that the time code that the camera's getting yep. they're getting external time code okay so so far so good but i'm not getting out of bed for it it's cool it looks good and it it's uh Six hundred and seventy pounds I think it was for okay. each unit or but for this is where it gets cool. Uh, you can also get another one that's sort of cheaper than that, which is a transmitter from the camera so that you're saying, okay, the sound guys, I want you to slave off what's coming out of the cameras right the cameras are already a time code generator because they obviously can generate their own timecode yep and so now it's just broadcasting what the camera's time code is doing and so now audio gets the same time code that the I
1: get asked this a lot hey you like I've got a multi-camera shoot how do we sort of sync them all up?
0: Okay, so that's Rather good. than
1: just everybody points at a time, time code, code later at the beginning yep. of the shot.
0: But it goes one step further. This has Wi-Fi, and you can have on the same unit, no extra cost, up to 10 iPhones and iPads that are all receiving this time code. So let's say you're on set, and this is would happen typically on my sets anyway. I might have a couple of main hero cameras, but I get a couple of people shooting behind the scenes or doing other things or even pickup shots, and maybe some of those don't have time code going in. Oh, I don't know, like the new Blackmagic camera. And, mm, I don't know, a 5D Mark III. Well, you could pull out your iPhone and if you have Movie Slate, which is a very common slate program now. Yep, iPad Slate. Yep, iPad Slate, but it's it's called Movie Slate. Um, it would receive that Wi-Fi signal and it would display it. So, it's actually displaying what's coming off the cameras or what's being generated as master timecode for everyone. That's all. So, anyone in the room can have that. If you don't have Movie Slate, which only costs like 11 bucks, there's a free one that comes from Timecode Buddy, which is basically a slate system like movie slate but not as clever um and all of these run of course on an ipad and an iphone so you could have up to 10 people around the room all with time code generator it's being fed to them they're not you're not relying on the on the phone itself's clock it's getting this um fed uh from the generators and it's 670 pounds so
1: but is it all on wi-fi or is it like wireless mic kind of frequencies because and Wi-Fi. i don't know i'm a bit I'm a bit gun shy about the whole Wi-Fi thing Because that can so easily be wiped out By the incredible soup That is in our everyday lives of Wi-Fi So I mean I I, I like the idea If you know if you can wirelessly Just sort of sync everything up I suppose you can do that With kind of the whole wireless mic rec- receivers and, and transmitters But uh, definitely at a, a, a far greater cost I think than um, Than you know 600 pounds or so a pop That's pretty good so it goes on both signals, right? So the the, the time code, the the Wi-Fi thing is more to be able to go to slates and stuff, and the uh, it has the other radio frequency that's more to communicate with all the other cameras and pass I, around the code.
0: I, I think I'm right in saying that. I'm okay. just checking that as we speak. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. And um, very cool. It's only just come out at uh, at IBC, and it's actually coming from somebody who you know is in the industry that just is a sound recorder who went, "Oh my god, I really need something like this." Yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure I'm absolutely right. There's the timecode with and without the Wi Fi option. <clears throat> um, and uh, yeah, and the website for that is timecodebuddy.com, which seems like an incredibly obvious timecode <laughs> name to have and a timecode yeah. URL to have. Powered by two AA batteries. Um, yeah, and if, of course, you can use it for 3D rigs or whatever else you want, which is a very common use for wanting to get timecode syncing. Uh, yes, here we go, Program with, with 14 license-free channels. Okay, cool. So, in addition to the Wi-Fi. Right,
1: good. Yes, we need, yeah, Wi-Fi is purely yeah going towards slates and, and handy iOS devices only, not to communicate within each other, because, uh, yeah, that can be a world of hurt. Wi-Fi and just filmmaking don't often mix. Excellent.
0: Okay, so I think we're at the end of the show. Let's see what else we haven't covered other than you've got the weirdest friggin' thing in the show notes. That... I thought this was
1: very worthwhile just as a discussion point. Okay. Due to the – from the awesome, always awesome – I do not know how and who will work at Petapixel, but these guys just scour every – fiber of data out of the internet and find the most crazy ass shit. This is a really interesting um, and and I guess at this stage it is a crazy ass shit. I guess it's a proof of concept or uh, researchers at the University of Toronto have made this... um, from the iTap Personal Imaging Lab, come up with this very. Oh, first of all, I saw the picture. And I thought, "What the fuck is that?" And then I had to work
0: out what the and the technology
1: behind it is kind of interesting. So, if you have you ever, Mike, have you ever welded
0: anything? Uh, not, not really welded. I've done other stuff, but not. I'm not really a welder <laughs> other by stuff trade. But not
1: welding. I've done. Other <laughs> I've done. Stuff that's not I've welding. Done, at
0: all. <laughs> I've done stuff like uh, I don't know. Angle grinding. Not cycling. <laughs> no, I was going to say angle grinding. And, right, and right. Other, Welding which... is
1: completely insane Different. stuff. Well, first, first of all, they have this cool technology. I mean, obviously, what you're dealing with Welding is some very, very bright.
0: I'm just saying, we're looking at a picture of a thing that if you walked on set, you would say, that is the coolest alien. Coolest. I'm so glad that the of, art department uh, has come with a really department. good alien head.
1: <laughs> sort of steampunk kind steampunk of. Steampunk alien. Oh,
0: shit. I, I would buy one of these that was broken and just put it in a film, the next Doctor Who episode. Okay.
1: So, yeah, welding is very, very bright stuff. It is. If you weld without glasses, you will irreparably damage your eyes like you have sandpaper in them for a year. Um, (laughs) So, at the moment, current welding technologies, you'll have like this sort of really, really, really dark LCD in your goggles. You don't have to constantly flick them up all the time. You can have this very, very quick-acting, very dark LCD in your your helmet that will shut it down as soon as it detects high brightness, and you immediately go... The kind of filters, basically, that knock welding light down, yes, knock it down to such a dark level that all you can see is just the really hottest part of what you're welding, right? You don't get yep. to see any of your other work, right? No. So what they've developed here is this kind of stereo HDR helmet, right, which will let you see, not, which will reduce the bright. It's very, very clever no, and it's, very interesting. It's awesome. It's it just will reduce...
0: so... No, seriously, <laughs> the photo of the guy that invented it with his cyborg head yeah. It looks like Cyberman, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. No, I'm saying scroll down to the picture of the guy with the the skull cap of wires. And looks like something. I mean, really, that is like yeah, that is that is the photo you put up. On harmony. dot com, <laughs> if you're part of the Big Bang Theory, if you're trying to attract, I would really like to get geek. one of the girls from Big Bang Theory, and I'm not talking that's about Penny. No, to uh, go on a right. date with me. This is my picture on eHarmony. You're in.
1: So the idea is to give you a view of the world that will block out the very, very bright stuff, like the point that you're welding, yes. but also then see the work and see the work around mm-hmm. you and see other parts of the metal, right? The only way to do it is through HDR. So this is like live HDR that will give yep. you... Uh, and, and then to do it live, they have to basically put a mirror in front of your eyes and have two cameras looking at uh, l- looking at the scene and then projecting back into your eyes an HDR, live HDR vision. So you're actually looking yeah. at a, looking at a, looking at a uh, video image. Uh, I, I think seem... if
0: this had a NASA badge on it, I would take it more seriously. I just, I, most of the guys I know that do welding are the sort of guys that at school used to try and kick my ass. Yeah. And I, I just can't see them going, oh my God, Dave, I just can't. I must can't wear this. Go, no, just, sorry, okay. Dave, if you just it's put down the arc <laughs> welder for a second and put down that uh, copy of Penthouse Magazine. I just wanted to show you this interesting HDR application of ultra vision through, through mirror technology. It's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite dashing.
1: Yeah, not all right. Yes, but it's not I, ready. It's not ready for prime time at this stage. But it's just, very, very cool. If, if live there ever HDR there was a reason, stereo. If
0: ever there was a reason to go to our show notes, this is it. You have excelled <laughs> yourself. To include the uh, with the harmony, uh, the harmony shot, and the and the headshot. And and I should add, this is real right this is not a hoax yes this is yeah this
1: is real there's a video of it it's, it's quite clever anyway i just thought r- no it is real time head awesome. mounted stereo hdr yeah. was yeah. Uh, anyway we've got to laugh i got one <laughs> uh <laughs> what else i think that's pretty much it um the voting is closed on my road documentary thing that oh, i'm excellent. involved in by the time monday rolls around the um uh, it'll be down to sorry, not voting is closed. The entries is closed, entries is
0: closed, Open and we've,
1: it's been now sort of reduced down to the top ten, which now the public can vote on. So uh, the uh, website to go by Monday will be have all the top ten to vote on is uh, is roadrocumentary dot com, and that'll take you out from Monday on to somewhere you can vote on which ones will be the winner.
0: Invoke smug mode. Did I tell you that we sold out our thirty to ten practical uh, effects workshop?
1: Uh oh, this is the live. This is where you can um, a, a live workshop. Yes, sir. As opposed to over the intertubes. Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, where is that? Where is it, where and when is that taking place? Now that people
0: can't sign up for it. <laughs> well, I will say that most of the most of the places went in the first seventy-two hours, wow. and we went. Yeah, we completely sold out within a week. And the only reason it took a week is because some people were on, like, "Could you just give me until after the public holiday so I can get an airfare. Uh, We teamed up with 30... We are teaming up with 3210 Studios in um, San Rafael, which is the home of um, ILM's model shop, right? And then became Kerner and now 3210. Hmm. Um, With multiple Oscar nominees, basically doing how to blow stuff up, high speed. um, It's a lot of practical effects shot for digital. So we have Scott Squires, but we have Marty Rosenberg, who's a very good effects DP. Um, Jeff Heron, uh, Scott House, just a bunch of really, really great guys. And we're going to be shooting uh, over three days a ton of practical effects, everything from explosions um, to uh, well, going to be dropping cars and. What's the name of the stuff. course? Um, what's the name of the course? Yeah, Did you say, I thought you said smoke. Didn't I say? What I say? Okay, Did I say smoke? I don't mean to say... I mean, I might have said that we're shooting smoke. Right. But I see. Okay. The My misinterpretation. It's practical effects and digital integration. Shooting practical effects for VFX. Yeah. Freaking awesome. If I said smoke, it was only in the context of okay. the smoke in I the room. I thought
1: it was like, yeah, smoke course.
0: No, 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 no.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's so freaking awesome.
0: I'm going to head out in about a week and a bit to go to set that up, and then we'll be shooting it on the weekend of the 29th, 30th and the 1st of October. Damn. And oh my God, we're going to have fun. It's fantastic. Because like, we've been going through all the stuff and building the course up and we've been focusing on having, uh, there's a bunch of stuff we shot, some of which we're using stuff that you shot uh, and directed actually, which I'll tell you about in a second, but you don't know that you're doing that. Well, you do, okay. but I'll explain in a second. Cool. We're shooting some, we've shot live action Yep. and then we're taking that live action footage and we're shooting second unit very much like you would on a real feature or a major project. So, Scott Squires, like, I'll be kind of effectively the producer, I guess, client. Okay, here's the shot, Scott. How would you break this down to do this? Scott will then discuss from a VFX supervisor point of view how he might go about doing that. He'll then hand over to Marty Rosenberg, who, of course, will how to shoot it. And we're going to be shooting on uh, Blackmagic cameras, Epics, and Phantoms, and obviously 5Ds for sort of behind the scenes stuff yeah. and um, we're going to have a trying to have as much as we can best world class best practice for onset data wrangling DIT um, we're hooking up with uh, wow. with Colorfront on uh, 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 on set dailies and stuff and uh, all of this of course will be filmed and you know then stuff will go into FX PhD in the October term that's huge
1: yeah it really is practical effects are still very very much king still got to do it can't can't.
0: yeah as shown by you know Dark Knight and films like that yep. and um, we're kind of focusing on what I like to call the elements so you know it's fire wind rain yep. and and dust and stuff uh, and in I think that's where wind. it's at well, because you, you do that... So I was just taking the piss. You, I know you were, and I'm going to answer it seriously. Like, you sort of do in the sense that you actually use wind to break up flames for scaling and, and other things like that. And there are a lot of tricks in this. And these are the guys that, seriously, I'm humbled to be in the same um, set with. Because, like, I mean, Marty Rosenberg, for example uh, as an effects DP, Hunter, Hunter, Red October, mission impossible, star Wars, one, two, three, war of the worlds, jarhead, AI, Terminator salvation. Have I got you yet? Yeah. You know, I mean, like it's just an astonishing list and that's just one of the guys, uh, who's going to be, um, you wow. know, going through stuff. I mean, um, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, so everything from Indiana Jones to, you know, stuff off pirates of the Caribbean to, uh, even stuff off Avengers actually. So, um, the idea is um, to allow people to come and do the course, and it was just phenomenally well received. And we did one of these before; it was on miniatures. This is not on miniatures; it's on effects. When we did a miniatures, we learned a lot from it. It's a huge amount of work to put them on, though, so we don't put them on very often. And you might say, I don't put them on all the time?" But it's a hell of a lot of work to put these on, and yet um, I'm sure I'll be exhausted, but I'm really going to enjoy it. And yeah. and if that isn't cool enough, at the very end of that, I have one day off, and it's the start of the Americas Cup trials of San Francisco. <laughs> Excellent. Going to be there. Awesome.
1: Yes. What does that mean? Being there. You, you
0: go to the wharf and then you say
1: bye, and then in okay, a week's well, time I'll check the results.
0: See now you're you're an ass. Um, okay, you knew the, I
1: was going to go there. You mentioned sailing, and I'm going to have a dig.
0: Yeah, the America's <laughs> Cup is one of the most cutthroat, ridiculously political, unbelievably fractious histories of racing of any type I mean unlike Formula One where you know obviously it's never had any problems and it's always been really disciplined and there's never been any rivalry in yachting it's just been wild and they've come up with this new class Every almost every time you run the America's Cup there's controversy and they try and institute like the America's Cup class which we all thought was going to be the class that lasted about a year Yeah, but you know, it, half the time it ends up being a legal battle as to who wins the Down America's Cup. But anyway, this time they've got this new class and it's basically like a, like an aerofoil, um, m- incredibly, incredibly powerful um, sailing craft that no one's ever known how to sail before. So just everyone has to
1: them. build new boats?
0: Oh, not just new boats. They're having to build an entire class of boat just to learn how to build the class of boat that they're going to compete on. This is a one-year process. So what we're seeing right now is... Um, is competition in the uh, AC World Series. And uh, China's in it, Italy, uh, UK, um, New Zealand, um, Korea. And these things are just unbelievably fast. Uh, I mean, totally out of control machines. But because it's in San Francisco, the boats are actually going to come really close to shore. So you can sit on shore and only be like a couple hundred meters away from the action. Um, And then, of course, when they're on the other side of the course, you'll have... uh, have monitors, but there's no way you could keep up with them. These things are running at astonishing speeds. And they're moving from this first class to the second class. And I obviously will try and film something when they come close to shore. But these things are like I mean, they are the Formula One of sailing. And no there's not like the
1: Formula One coverage of sailing though. I mean, you know, Formula One
0: No, absolutely. I mean, they will have that come the actual – in a year's time when they actually have the final. um, Yeah, they have cameras all over the boats. They have uh, live tracking to show where all the boats are relative to each other. Um, There's a lot of rules to make it more like a Formula One. Cool. You know, it's like a two-hour kind of window, four to six. Um, Yeah, no, it'll be awesome. But anyway, let's – I think that's where part of my
1: joking sort of frustration comes from is it's kind of like, and they're off, and we'll just – Go home and read the paper and wait till
0: yeah. they find, See, when find sat, out when they finish. When I've sat on the side of Formula One races, which is, let's face it, never. But I have actually sat at the side when they were like, you know, whatever, warming up. You basically get loud noise mm. and then nothing for yep. a really long time. And then another loud noise. Yeah. So, I don't know that Formula One car racing, no, which I know is your passion. On the, on, on, on the television. On the it's, television.
1: It's, 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 it's
0: quite did, did, you not, did you not sit there while our Prime Minister was wearing a... Gold jacket being drenched <laughs> in in champagne, screaming. If you <laughs> fire someone for not going to work today, they're yeah, a, bum. a bum. Did yes, Was that indeed. not a part of your culture?
1: That was absolutely. It was, it was, I was. I remember 1983. Y- yeah, 83. The win. Australia winning. Most Australians cannot Australia. forget that 83, and the people the, yeah. were literally driving up and down the street of any neighbourhood, honking Springing. horns. For and a yacht race on the other side, I can't of the imagine planet. that happening again today. About a sporting thing, I don't know why that was. I don't understand. It completely and utterly captured the entire country, and it was like it was like winning the, like getting the two thousand. It was bigger than being awarded the two thousand
0: Olympics okay, for or anything. Start, massive. We tried like to that. win it many, many times. And I, I, I fess up here, right? Like I am, I am deeply in love with this. My father was in one of the British challengers for the Americas Cup. Uh, on board uh, one of the boats out of England. And, I mean, you know, for hundred like 100 and whatever it was years, they uh, competed to try and win the cup. And, you know, it just was never done. I mean, yeah. it was just... Uh, and, and it's the really interesting thing, like, apart from the fact that, you know, it's now the most controversial whatever thing ever. There's just no part of this that doesn't get to be fun. Like, they they finally won the bugger into New Zealand, right? And they had it in New Zealand. This Maori guy walks in with a sledgehammer and smashes the crap out of the the cup to the point that they thought they would just have to melt it down and start again. And they they took it back to um, the smiths that made it, silversmiths in England, and they rebuilt the cup. And uh, it's now actually bigger than it was when we won it. It's got more space on the base. Yes, let's make it bigger. It costs $100 million
1: billion to win one.
0: Yeah. But really, like when we won it, I mean that was like breaking the longest it was w- winning streak a, a, a in history. A massive thing
1: for the country. And I mean, I'm like, really interested in. And I'm interested in the broadcast of that stuff. I've never been in. I've never been or worked in. You know, like live broadcast or any of that stuff. But the technology and bringing it and, and the the whole like in terms of Formula One. And the feeds and the uh, live cameras and you know even more so it would be with with America's Cup would be even more interesting because everything has to be stabilised and waterproofed and I love the technology behind it and the fas- I'm fascinated about you know the physical rigs and the production to be able to make the thing.
0: Yeah, I mean that this this yeah, in a year's more time we'll have to discuss it. It'd be like the, the Olympic sport. But I will say this: when we I just looked it up it was 132 years there had been 26 challenges uh, when we won 4-3 to to win the cup breaking the new york your club's wow. record god magnificent stuff sailing is australia entering at this life.
1: time australia's always in no
0: australia's not entering it oh, too expensive yeah. well we you know gina reinhardt doesn't want to sail really it's the problem um anyway we've really gone off on a tangent so let's swing back and say thank you so much jason <laughs> for being with us pleasure thank you mate thank you for having me
1: i'm literally going sailing Welcome this weekend. into the pods once
0: again and thank you guys for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we'll try and get another show out and uh, maybe before I go. Otherwise, um, I'll have to do one remote when I'm overseas for a couple of weeks. And then you'll be heading off, of course, for your road uh, documentary That's, stuff. Yeah, November-ish, in november November. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be other distractions before then. On the, on the Twitter, uh, Jason Wingrove can be found under the heading of... Wingrove. And I can simply. be ha- under Mike Seymour. Although, of course, uh, you'll find us at FX Guide. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it.
1: Cheers. Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.